If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. John Dawkins is the president of the Legislative Council. Great to have you with us on Flow. Always good to have a a chat on Flow, Ricky. Uh, Been been an admirer and a supporter of uh, Flow for... uh, uh, as I've reminded Wayne, going back to the days when I think it was called Fresh Stream. Yes, yep. Uh, we've <laughs> gone through a few incarnations and locations from New Riopa to Kapunda to uh, where we are at Roseworthy. You've paid us a visit here as well, I believe. Yeah, 12 months ago. Yeah, just yep. uh, brand new it was then, yep. Yeah, and we like to uh, share positive messages here on Flow, and something that is a positive, even though it's a very heavy topic, is I guess where we've come to over maybe your time in Parliament, for instance, in terms of talking about suicide prevention and initiatives to help uh, maybe reduce the incidence of suicide in the community. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's it's probably close to about 18 years ago that I think I first started raising these matters in the parliament and in my party room and and uh, across the, the, the community generally and uh, you know I mean there there was a lot of resistance to it in those days but um, and there's still some resistance but it's it, the, the, the way in which uh, community generally uh, the mainstream community groups uh, have you know changed their attitudes and picked up and run with you know mental health and suicide prevention initiatives is is really refreshing. Um, I think we've been able to get great change within government here in South Australia in the you know in the last three and a half years, uh, and I'm I'm very pleased about that. And uh, we've got a you know we've we've got a bill through uh, last uh, last Wednesday, uh, which is the first legislation of its kind in Australia to cement a lot of the structures that we've got in place here uh, into legislation, so that for any any new government, any any change of government at any time, uh, can't meddle with those things without putting them through both houses. Yeah, and one of those initiatives I understand is requiring every level of government to, I guess, factor in how it handles suicide prevention in the community. Yes, I mean we've we've had these things in place pretty well since uh, I suppose October 2018 when we first established the Issues Group on Suicide Prevention, which is senior uh, senior officers from every government department and agency and um, uh, so that work really has been put into place but this having it in law of course just cements that um, so that that's a that's been a great initiative uh, and, and one that's been responded to very well over over most most areas of government. And one of the issues I recall over the journey on this one is just getting accuracy in terms of data, like how the incidence rate of suicide, etc., and getting to the point where maybe we can work towards trying to reduce the incidence of suicide. Is, is there some improvements through that in terms of the data reporting? Yeah, the development of the suicide register in South Australia has been going for some time between... 
the Office of Chief Psychiatrist, uh, say poll in the coroner's office. Um, but the register is now, again, cemented into law. Um, that will give us much, much more accurate and timely information about suicide. Uh, and I, I constantly get asked questions about you know, figures uh, and rates in in different geographic and demographic areas, and, and and it's very hard to answer those questions when you're relying just on on ABS figures that are quite often you know 18 months out of date by the time you see them. Uh, so um, the, 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 this is a great advance, and it's a great part of the of the legislation. Now, I guess on a very practical note, and it's a tough subject, but if you're concerned about someone maybe having suicidal thoughts, what's the best advice you've come across about how to how to broach the subject, how to have that conversation? Yeah, well, it varies from person to person, but I think it's it's the it's the ability to be able to, it's the ability to be able to say to someone um, and 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 say, look, let's sit down, let's have a cup of tea or, you know, it could be a beer or whatever it is. Let's sit down and, and have a chat and listen. And in many cases, it is the ability to listen. It's the ability to point someone in the right direction. And, and I remember a conversation, uh, you know, with a, with a very intelligent, very hardworking, successful person many years ago, but um, when I suggested that maybe his his um, I suppose feelings of sorrow and sadness continually, uh, he ought to perhaps go and have a chat to his GP. It was as if I had turned a light bulb on. You know, I mean, so he hadn't thought of that until I suggested it. Uh, there's another chap that you know, uh, whenever he he got pretty down and out, he used to ring me up and we'd talk about our days playing football. Um, uh, so it's you know it's but it's the ability to listen and to uh, and as I say point people in the right direction. There are lots of services uh, and lots of other you know the, the the number of community networks we've got across South Australia is really extraordinary, and we're working on getting more of them uh, and uh, and 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 associated groups, uh, particularly. Particularly those that you know have been bereaved by suicide, who are in the statistics, who are at great risk of, of suicide themselves in many cases. Yeah, and we're um, had some great progress over the years in the media front, including this obligation to make sure when we talk about these things on the air, otherwise we provide, uh, I guess, these general numbers. There are of course local support services, but there's Lifeline thirteen eleven fourteen and uh, Beyond Blue tends to be a profile issue, uh, a contact number as well. Are there others that you think are important people can reach out to in terms of contact services? Oh, there are, and, as I, and I, uh, I think we've now got standby uh, support after suicide who are um, now <clears throat> now nationally, um, uh, and I haven't got their details in front of me, but uh, they can be looked up easily on 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 the, their Facebook site or or, or their um, website. But they're another terrific group, uh, and um, oh, there are there are. Um, there are a whole range of organisations that are out there now, and as I say, there's those local organisations, those local community groups too, that provide that local knowledge um, uh, and that that ability to 
to find people to to you know find those supports. Yep, I've just whizzed over and had a look on the web standby support after suicide thirteen hundred seven two seven two four seven thirteen hundred seven two seven two four seven. Good on you, Ricky. You were always technologically advanced compared to me. <laughs> I'll leave that one right there. We might move right along. No. You're the president of the Legislative Council. You uh, had to sort of, um, I guess, push against the Liberal Party in terms of the choice in relation to that. Um, how has things played out now as you, you're, you're finishing up, you're not seeking re-election? Oh, well, yes, it was in, in some, in many senses, it was a difficult decision to to go against the, the decision of, the, of, of my Legislative Council party room. Uh, however, I, I felt that uh, this was the third occasion in, in, in which um, I had been overlooked for a, for a position that I, I and others felt that I was best qualified for. So uh, I took a punt. Um, I, was, I, I was blessed with some fortune uh, when my name was pulled out of the hat. I, I have worked. Um, now, just sorry, worked, just on that with the pulling of the name out of the hat, is that because the vote was tied and that's how it had to be resolved? Yeah, it was tied twice. Yes. A very unique, <laughs> very unique way of resolving it in the end. Is it not a toss of a coin? Is the yeah. names in a hat? Yeah, yeah that's right. And uh, oh yeah, and, and and great fortune that I got that name taken out. But from that day, I worked pretty hard to. I think in, in increase and in, lift the standard in in our chamber, which I think had dropped away a bit by by increments over the years, and um, so we've been able to sort of you know send it back in a in a uh, an opposite direction here again by increments by uh, just restoring some of the standards of behaviour. And the other thing I'm very proud of is that we've been able to lift the number of questions uh, every day uh, reduce perhaps the predominance of supplementary questions but make sure that just about everybody in the chamber uh, that wants a question has got an opportunity to ask a question every day and so we've been we've been averaging about more than 15 primary questions every day for pretty well most just about all of my time in the chair which is I think you'd admit was is, is much in advance of, of what it used to be. Oh, I remember. I reckon. There. I remember one day when I was working in state politics, there was one question that was answered with a whole heap of supplementaries. <laughs> we didn't get much further. So that's an improvement <laughs> on holding government accountable. Of course, two houses of parliament. You're the president of the legislative council. Uh, are you still a member of the Liberal Party, or what ha- ended up happening on that front? Uh, well, I was removed from the. From the Liberal Joint Party room, within 24 hours of becoming the president, um, but then I, I, the, the, the suggested expulsion of my membership of the Liberal Party broadly had to go through a process which took a couple of months, uh, which allowed me to present to the state executive of the Liberal Party, um, and I. The, they, in the end, they suspended my membership. I think because, largely because they didn't have the numbers to, <laughs> they needed a two-thirds majority to expel me, and it was quite clear that wasn't there. Um, and so that, that I am suspended from the Liberal Party until 
uh, till uh, till the end of my presidency. Right, uh, but uh, yes, I guess uh, you're still uh, still supportive of the liberal principles that you were first elected Absol- for, but you just had some absolutely difference of opinion when it comes to your parliamentary colleagues on those particular votes. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I I was very loyal to the party over. I was whip opposition whip for sixteen years. I served under five different overall leaders of the Liberal Party in that time. I served with uh, uh, seven different whips in the House of Assembly and, and, and worked across the chamber with five whips, five uh, uh, Labor Party whips. Um, so uh, I don't think my loyalty to, the, to liberalism was in question. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing that's a little peculiarity, according to what Rob Lucas told me recently, uh, he's been around the place for a long time as well, that you're sitting in February. The lower house has risen for the election, but you're coming back in February for further sittings. How did that come about? Um, oh, well, I think this hasn't occurred in my time. I think there's been questions in the community sometimes, as particularly when this year, when actually without the optional sitting week, uh, the government were going to close the place down in the middle of November and then there wouldn't be sittings until at least May. Uh, I think some people in the community question that. Um, so there's always been some hints uh, of of coming back in the new year. Um, and there was obviously a debate in the House of Assembly the other day, uh, indeed, about and, 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 and Rob mentioned it on the floor that there was some possibility that the House of Assembly might have come back next week um, rather than, than a date in February, which had been proposed initially. You know, when the Speaker changed over, you, you, you'd remember that that was part of uh, all of that that uh, yep. controversy oh. at the time. But ultimately, the, the numbers in the House of Assembly, as I suspected, uh decided that they would they would uh, adjourn until May. The numbers in the Legislative Council were, were very strongly in favour of coming back to to put the government, in a limited sense, I suppose, but put the government under some scrutiny in February. And that's... Uh, so uh, we, have a, we have three days in February. Yep, and so you're, you don't get to... Uh, oh, you don't wear a wig these days, but you don't get to hang up the wig or the hammer yet uh, because you've got to come back, uh, but then you'll be finished up as president. Oh, well, I'll finish as president officially on, on the you know the, on, on election day, but uh, and, and there, are still, there are still things to be done administratively in that role. But, uh, well, I have worn the wig three times. I wore the wig the day I was elected. I've worn it... Uh, on a couple of occasions when I've sworn in a couple of new members, but no, I don't tend to wear the wig. Uh, I do wear the gown, though, and so the gown will be hung up uh, by me on the 10th of February. Yep, well, uh, I guess we will uh, we'll see what happens in question time around then, whether there's one last surprise coming from the Parliament. Uh, John Dawkins, pres- <laughs> President of Legislative Council, great to chat with you. Important conversation there about suicide. Thanks very much for your advocacy and your time. Great, Ricky. All the best. Thank you. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. 
The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.